and we're back again. What a fucking good Wednesday to be alive. Yep, it's Wednesday. Episode 11 already? Episode 11 of the Red Hawk Recap. And this episode is sponsored by Product. Um, our editor, JX, is um, clothing brand, right? Clothing brand? Clothing brands, always coming out with sweet designs, always stylish stuff that's with the times. Um, and what do you got coming up here? Uh, they're all going to be just vintage crew necks uh, with my design on it. So they're all going to be vintage blanks. And then we can find those on uh, the Instagram? Yeah, jxsoto.com is my website. and Or you could just go to the IG, either way. And we're doing, are you doing pre-orders right now? Because... All the stuff Jay's been selling, people have been asking stuff, and it sells out quick. So if you can get it, good luck. If you can't, damn it. Oof. So, uh, yeah. Wednesday, ugh, I've been having some good-ass fucking days. Good-ass nights. Um, especially from from being sick. From being sick to being healthy and then having a... Uh, kind of a goal I'm working for, you know, got worlds coming up literally next, next Friday is when I compete. And then the ADCC trials four weeks after that, but having that, having that goal to work towards and training hard. And, um, it just, it just feels good. It feels good. And it's easy to, in the nights, the fuck is going on with this thing? Um, in the nights, whenever I'm, whatever I got going on during the day, it's, it makes it easy to kind of stay stay present and enjoy what I got going on. Um, workouts with Brandon have been going good. He's making me stronger and more explosive than I've ever fucking been. I've never done workouts like that with him. And it's nice going in there with Brandon and just trusting him, trusting him and giving just max effort. Whatever, he's, whatever he has me do, I'm giving it max effort. And the type of workouts he has me doing now – we, we just finished our last workout yesterday, but very explosive stuff, explosive stuff, and then full recovery, explosive stuff, and then full recovery. He's got me working fucking muscles I didn't even know I had, and he's got it, he's got it down to a real, a real fucking science. He really knows what he's doing, and I can feel it in my body, and I can feel it when I'm going to those competition practices, um, the gains I'm getting from it. So it's been going good. It's been going fucking good. Uh, what else? There's, I feel like there's just so much to talk about. Plus we got some, uh, Patreon questions from, from the boys that will go over also. Um, lots of MMA news, fucking John bones, Jones. God damn it. Damn it. I don't know if he's been, he's, I don't know if he experiences too much with the booger sugar or if he's in Vegas. He's like, okay, I'm getting, oh my fucking God, this fucking cord. But, uh, he's in Vegas. He's getting into the, uh, hall of fame. Maybe he found it was a perfect opportunity to do some booger sugar and celebrate. And, uh. I was reading it. I can't here. Scroll down a little bit, Jay, and I'll read it for the people. According to reports, officers responded to a domestic disturbance at Caesar's Palace after a call stating that a white female adult, later identified as Joan's fiance, was bleeding from her nose and her mouth. After police arrived, they informed that the suspect had 
just left the property and was picked up by another unit outside of the hotel where he identified himself as John Jones. Police stood from UFC champ, UFC champion resisted arrest as he was taken into custody. As John Jones was being detained, he became irate and smashed his head into the front hood of the car. Okay. Probably fucking bummed out. Like, God damn it, I did it again. Having a good time. And who knows, like, sounded like in the interviews, like he didn't beat the fuck out of his girl. She's like, he didn't hit me. It's like, who knows? Who who, who knows what happened? With, with his police reports, you never know. But it sucks. It fucking sucks. I, I wonder if this is going to affect his comeback at all. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. I feel like it's probably not. He's still going to get back training, get back doing what he's doing, because it's not like he stayed in prison long. Uh, the facts are still developing, and we really don't know yet the full story. Uh, obviously, we'll see how this plays out legally for him and where this ends up going. It's hard to bring this guy to to Vegas for any reason. The city's not good for John Jones, and here we are again. That city is dangerous. I think it's dangerous for any male, especially alpha males, I think it's dangerous for women too, but you go there, you got fucking escorts with big titties, big butt cheeks, walking around. Um, you got people asking if you want drugs. You got, it's just fucking sin city for a reason, dude. It really is. Vegas, <clears throat> I don't, I don't really like it, but there is parts of Vegas, like where Mariah's brother lives, uh, that are nice. Aljamain versus Corey Sanhagen is official. Fucking A's. What a fucking sick fight, dude. Sandhagen goes from just heartbroken, sad as fuck after a war with TJ, close fight, put everything he had into it, loses. Now he's like, fuck, now I'm at least, I'm a ways from the title now. A ways from the title now. Two months down what the road. this one? Two months down the road, he gets the fucking offer. So, What's that? That's in three weeks, right, Jay? I think. Yeah, because they were supposed to fight when uh, October some shit, right? Yeah, I think end of October. Damn, four weeks. What a sick fucking fight, though, dude. I think Peter takes it. Do you? Yeah. Well, yeah, he's he's got full preparation. He's going to be in shape, ready to push the pace for five rounds. And the, pra- the pace that little fucker brings. <laughs> but Corey, dude. Corey's a lot taller, has a lot of weapons. I'm more jacked for that fight than uh, him and Aljamain. You too? Oh, yeah. This is going to be a fucking fight. We knew there was, I, I didn't think there was really a possibility. I think there was a, like a small, small percentage Sean would be able to fight. Like Corey said no. Mm-hmm. And other guys that were like, no fucking way. Like anyone in the top 10. But I feel like someone would have took it. And I feel like Peter knows that would have been a really dangerous fight for him, losing to Poodle, hmm. who, who he calls Sean Poodle Boy. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I forgot. Rob and Aldo. Yeah, so that, that that's it. Yeah, Rob Font booked, Jose Aldo booked, uh, Cody booked, Frankie booked, Pedro. That was a fight that we were kind of wanting too. Yeah, look at all those. So top 10 guys might not have been it. So, dude, if Sanhagen said... I can't do it, or he's just like he just can't fucking do it. There, there could have been a chance that fucking Sean goes in there and gives her two rounds of hell, possibly fucking knocks, knocks yawn out. 
Damn, that would have been crazy. But, uh, okay, yeah. What was Dom's response to Sean? He said, I have a date with someone that's ranked up ahead of me, stud. Same thing you're looking for, so I get it. May the force be with you in figuring that one out for yourself. That's a cool reply. That's a cool reply. I don't know. I don't think they released it yet. But uh, I think Dom's a fan of Sean. John's obviously a fan of Dominic, too. Dominic's a fucking legend. A legend. Man, it would have been crazy to get that fight. And, you know, dude, people would have been hyped for that fight. People would have been fucking hyped. And Dom said, Dom said he's more durable than he's been. I don't know. Sean stomps his knee with one of those front side stomps. The game kind of changes a little bit. I think in that match, I think Sean has, uh, would be. The favorite. I'd be curious to what they'd say. I'd be curious <clears throat> to what they say. But I see a lot of ways Sean could have took out Dom. Uh, a little vape. <laughs> this is my little buddy. The Luke vape. Uh, <laughs> this is my little buddy. The This is uh, the Stores and Bickle products. We like them. Same thing as a Volcano. They have like four different products. They have the Plenty, the Mighty, the Crafty, and then the Volcano. Quality fucking shit. I like vaporizing my herb at a very low heat. So then it's not like a high where I'm just like fucked up and I can't even fucking talk and just fucked up. Like this RSO shit. This RSO shit a buddy gave me. I took a little bit of that. You're supposed to only eat about a rice, as big as a rice, fucking grain. And I took that and it fucked me up. Fucked me up too bad. Edibles, ah, they're not my thing. I don't like edibles. You like edibles, Jay? (laughs) No. Nothing. no. I'm sober, just like caffeine, is it? I know, I know. Both of us are pretty fucking laid back, aren't we? Yeah. I think the weed gets me to about a negative one, negative two. I'm naturally probably at a zero to a one when it comes to chill out. Same. You're probably zero one. Probably negative two. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Pretty mellow. Um, I feel like there's there's been a lot of fucking MMA news. Henry calling for the Volkanovski fight. Oh, yeah. Sick fight that I'd like to watch. I'd 100% watch it. I don't think it'd be, like, exciting, though. I don't think it'd be, like, like it would bring a lot of uh, pay-per-view buys. You know what I mean? You don't think it would bring I a lot? I don't think so. I think, because I don't think Volkanovski has, like, a big following like that. I mean, maybe he does where he's from. Yeah, superstar Henry, in Australia. I don't think Henry, like, people go crazy when there's, like, a Henry fight. They're just like, oh. Yeah, like a million buys. Probably the UFC is just like, God, Henry's just asking for such an absurd amount of money, which he deserves, which he, for sure, yeah, he deserves it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But then the UFC is like, okay, if we give fucking little Henry this amount of money, everyone's going to be knocking and saying, I'm fighting for this amount of money. They saw what Henry did. A lot of the champions will do what he did. So they're probably really careful with that. But the UFC, uh, yeah, UFC yesterday sent a list of names, a couple guys that we can uh, fight, um, and there's some exciting matches on that list. I'm pumped. So it looks like hopefully December 11th is going to happen a couple weeks away. I mean, what is that? How long is that away? We're about to be in October, so like what, October, November, like two months away? Mm-hmm. Ten weeks, nine weeks-ish. So that'll be fucking sweet. Did you see Dana and Oscar De La Hoya going back and forth? Oh, were they? <laughs> they were going back and forth hard. It's, it's so funny, too, because Dana, president of the of the company, I like him, though. He's still fucking honest. 
o- Oscar tweeted, hey, Volkanovsky, you just won a brutal battle for the UFC and made 120th of your worth. Dana White, have some fucking respect for yourself and these and these fighters and pay these warriors what they deserve. Dana said, shut the fuck up, you crackhead. <laughs> Did he really? Uh-huh. Faking that you had COVID and robbing me of watching you get knocked the fuck out by Vitor. You should win an Academy Award for your hospital performance. And Oscar said, that's all you got, Dana? You're accusing me of a faking a virus that killed almost 700,000 Americans, Americans to avoid a fight? You pathetic piece of shit. You've never laced, even laced up the gloves, and you completely ignored my original point I made about underpaying your fighters. Dana said, don't worry about Volkanovsky, you clown. He has a team of very intelligent, sophisticated people behind him, and he's clearly doing very well for himself. If he needs to buy an eight ball, then maybe he'll reach out to you for some guidance. <laughs> it's no secret you're a liar, drug addict, and all-around scumbag. It doesn't matter what that you laced up gloves, and there's no doubt you accomplished big things in boxing, but out of the ring, you are an absolute fucking loser. <laughs> when you were a one-and-done... MMA promoter, you lied about what Chuck and Tito would make, and you paid everyone shit. Not to mention, you didn't even take the time to learn the names of the fighters on your card. So fuck off, leave the fight promoting to me, and do the world a favor, and fight Vitor Belfort so we can all watch you go to sleep. Damn. Dana don't give a fuck, dude. And why would he? Why would he? He can be fucking honest. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Forgot about this too, Woodley, and how you got his oh, what's his name? Yeah, tatted. fuck, he got his finger tatted. Uh, I wonder if he's gonna go through or not the fight. The fight? No, <laughs> no, that would suck. He took too he, he took too fucking long, dude. But then Woodley was saying he was waiting to get tattooed after the fight, and then the the tattoo artist didn't show up. You never know. You never know anything, dude. Stories are so fucking far fetched these days. Um, you just never know who, who to fucking believe. Yeah, and his response to Tyrone was, what did he uh, say? uh, he was just kind of trolling, saying, um, let me clap those cheeks or let me slap those cheeks. And he was just kind of <laughs> laughing at him. So I just don't think the fight's going to end up happening. And I don't know. Yeah, Dan Hardy and, um, Woodley bickering back and forth. Like Dan Hardy said, you're trending because you got Jake Paul tattooed on your finger. Well done. Congratulations on your championship success. I remember the crowds booing and and appreciation as you wore your heel out against the fence, backing up and avoiding the fight. Yeah. I don't know what that fucking, yeah, I don't know what their issue is. Um, Astrobot, Amazon's coming out with a new Astrobot, I think soon, too. Let me try to flip these around. Maybe that'll work. What do you mean, Astrobot? What's that? Astro. Um, it's like the Tesla bot, but it's a little little mini. Uh, oh, this thing. I've seen it. It's a collar on this shirt. It's really like cleans your me. shit or what? Ah, uh, you can do all sorts of shit. You can do FaceTime calls. You can listen to podcasts. You can. Uh, Mobile robots. It's a thousand bucks. A thousand bucks and. Well, what it does, dude, I was telling Mariah, I was like, when that Tesla bot comes out, there's a fucking good chance we're going to get it. Get what? The Tesla bot. Oh, you guys are going to get it? We'll see how much it is. If it's like fucking absurd, probably not. But it's like, dude, if that thing vacuums your house, 
and does just little tiny chores that are just kind of a pain in the ass, then yeah. Um, Astrobot. Thousand bucks. Trying to see what it does exactly. Yeah, thousand bones for that Astrobot. Like in this robot vacuum cleaner. But then they hack those things. They hack those uh-huh. things and they can hear everything you say and see everything you oh, do. Which at the same time, it's like, okay, if they're hearing everything I say and watching everything I do, who cares? I don't fucking do anything that cool or that worth a shit. <laughs> if you want to watch me fuck, fuck Mariah, <laughs> then that's fine too. Um, Yeah. We got a bunch of bunch of questions for Patreon. I didn't get all over all our topics yet, but how's your week's been going? How's your anxiety been? <laughs> Mine. Yeah. Uh, my anxiety is through the roof. I'm just kidding. <laughs> do you do you pretty good? Do you have spurts of it? And when you have spurts of it, when are they usually? Uh, I'm trying to think. Probably when I'm just too much on my phone. You know what I mean? Really? Yeah. yeah. That's I feel like when I feel it the most. So I try to just. Uh, Monitor it, be yeah, aware of it. Yeah, just monitor be aware of it. And um, I feel like what helps me is I always like to journal. Well, like I usually do it in the morning. If not, then I'll do it at night. Mm-hmm. That's what helps me a lot. And I'll try to stick to my morning routine. Yeah. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I, I get spurts of it too when I start thinking too much about just yeah. everything I got going on. Everything I got going on, I start thinking about it. And then I can't shut it off. Um, but Mariah was saying an interesting thing about this. Uh, what's what's the fucking guy's name? The guy who does those, Joe Dispenza. Who's that? Joe Dispenza. I think he's a doctor. They say he's Doctor Joe Dispenza. But she was. I should have had her on here to talk talk about it though. He's just talk, talks about people that aren't in survivor survivor mode, like I survivor mo, survival mode, to where I'm just really fighting to, I mean, like struggling to get money and struggling to pay the bills and struggling just to survive and get by. Um, He talks about this, like, I think it's quantum mode and you get in this, once you're not working for survival, you get to this mode where it's like a creating mode and, and, um, and you start being able to create and really enjoy your life. I don't know. It's interesting. I need I need to look into it more than I need to read more of it. Is I've been I've been doing right his, yeah. A lot of people rave about it. I've been doing a couple of his meditations on YouTube. Mm. I did a twenty four minute one this this morning and it was it was all right. It was right. It was a little long, but also I've done some other twenty minute ones from him and they're really fucking good. Some people really rave about him. Doctor Joe Dispenza. I I definitely want to read that. Yeah, I've seen people book. post the book a lot, but I never got into it. Have you ever listened to any of his meditations? No, I didn't even know who he was. I, I've seen this book. I didn't know who he was, though. So, hmm. But, yeah, I wonder if he's like a, a Sam Harris or what. Yeah, similar. I think different, different, but similar. I don't I think like, he's a... Yeah, or like Deepak a little bit, or a little mix. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass because these fucking notes, they don't pop up on my... Yeah, sometimes I try to think about... Uh, like, you know how we, I'm like, dang, I always, tr- I'm trying to get to the point where you just meditate just by yourself without like having to go on YouTube and shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
it's like relying on i guess someone to guide you through it so you can just do it by yourself yeah there's so many variations of meditating so Mm -hmm. yeah because this this meditation he has you do is kind of it's different than sam harris's a lot of younger people would probably like this one more honestly but i think I'm at the point now to where I've listened to enough of them. If I set my timer on my phone for as long as I want to do, I could do it. And obviously not just do it and just follow my breath and stay present the whole time. Always my fucking mind wanders. Mm -hmm. But then bringing it back. Just bringing it back. Just bringing it back. It's okay. Don't get frustrated that your mind wanders. Just bringing it back. Um, How to find the right gym, Raider Nutley. And train as a full-time fighter. Dude, go into a different gym. Google MMA gym near me or jiu-jitsu gym near me. Go in there, pay the drop-in fee, and test it out. See if you like the vibe. Some gyms are different. Some gyms are more like not competition-based at all. So they'll go in there and they're just kind of flowing and having just kind of having fun, which is cool too. It's just a different vibe. There's some gyms that go in there and they get ready for tournaments. They get ready for competitions. Um. Yeah, go into the gym and just see if there's other guys that are there that are fighting professionally, or there's other guys that you can kind of mimic that are in that gym and go to the same practices as them and see what their work ethics like in those practices and kind of watch them and pick their brain. Um. Yeah, and just check it out, and then talking to the instructor and just telling them kind of what your goal is. This is my goal. I want to be UFC fighter. Yeah, that that's a big goal, but you gotta you gotta you gotta break it down. You gotta break it down more than that. Like that's like saying I want a million dollars. You gotta break down kind of the steps of doing it. So go into different gyms, see what see what the vibes like. See see if there's good guys around. Um, make sure there's guys that are way better than you in there. I like what uh I think it was Frank Shamrock who said the key to getting really good. Is to train with people you're better than, train with people that are just as good at you as you that you compete with, and then train with people that are way better than you that just smash you. And we have that good mix here, mm-hmm. don't we? Oh, for sure. Yeah, we have a lot of people that are getting good very quick, and I like at our gym that a lot of it's just blue belts mm-hmm. and white belts right now. We go to our competition trainings like other places. I mean, Taquinos and. Sometime Aries BJJ, but we have a good mix and we have a group that it's getting really good fast. But yeah, that's the advice. And training as a full time fighter, find a little side job that's making you a little bit of money so you don't have issues paying your gym fees and then live under your means and just train and enjoy training. Enjoy fucking getting better. Enjoy just being in there and being healthy. Have you ever had a training partner spaz on a joint lock? Training partner cranked a Kimura when I told him, I told them I was flowing. <laughs> Coming back after a bad sickness, and now my energy with them is so weird. From Logan on Patreon. Uh, thank you, Logan. <laughs> but spaz on a joint lock, yeah. It's hard to it's hard to say, Logan, because if you came to my gym, you're like, hey, let's flow, and you're starting to fucking try to pick it up and get take my back and trying to finish me. And it's like, all right, we're not flowing. Now we're rolling. So now I'm going <laughs> to tap you out even a little bit harder just because you did that. But that's, you got to learn 
the tap. Yeah, learn right. your what's the word for it? Like how much? Uh, like your not your not really your tolerance, but your especially especially with your joints. Like some people are really flexible and need to tap early with those. I mean, need to, can tap really late on those joint locks. And it doesn't uh, phase them. They're really fucking just spindly. <laughs> but some guys are tight, and if as soon as you get that joint lock, they're already feeling it. An arm bar, Kimura. Um, I guess you know, like when you're like, like obviously, like you're a fucking black belt, and you're rolling with the white or even the blue. Like you know, you're you're levels ahead, so you don't even have to crank it. But that's on your end. Like I feel like once you get more seasoned, mm-hmm. like when I get a lock on someone, I know like I have it, but I'm not gonna do it all Take, the way. But what if the kid's annoying you? I, what I've been doing, I just like smash them. I'll just with pressure, belly, mount, yeah. north south. I'll keep passing, like mm-hmm. pass, go back to guard, pass again, like kind of just showing them, like I'll pass your guard all day. Yeah, yeah. Mount them, mm-hmm. take your back. Yeah. Yeah, with those joint locks, I tell tell people too. It's like tap early on the joint locks. Don't like okay. Yeah, you might be able to fight out and get out of it, but you get your elbow popped or you get your shoulder popped. Now you're out for a couple months, and you could have just tapped. And in those couple months, you could be still improving, getting better. But because you were fucking fighting like the death in practice, now you got to sit out and not get better. So with joint locks, yeah, don't really push the pace. If a good guy catches me in a joint lock, a good guy, and he starts extending it, I'm, t- I'm already tapping. I'm not even waiting till it hurts because I know I'm caught already. And learning to have, learning to not get in those is the key. Not always learning to escape an arm lock or escape a, a, a deep Kimura that's already behind your back. But fuck, I got caught in that. Hmm, what mistake did I make to get caught in that? where I could shut it down a little bit earlier. That's the goal. Getting tapped and, like, yeah, just tap on the joint locks. It's not a big deal. The chokes, you can fight a little bit. Fight them a little bit. They're not going to hurt you. Try to find some space. Those fucking chokes are uncomfortable, too. But if you can find a little bit of space, space to breathe, just a little bit of space, and you feel that person squeezing really hard, and then you get out, and now that person's mentally fucking broke because they just gave it everything they got, emptied their tank, choking you out, and now you win. So finding that little bit of space to breathe just won you the match. But that comes with practice too, especially you come in there as a new white belt. You go with someone that's good at applying pressure. They'll fucking put you in side control and maybe tap you out with just their pressure from side control or tap you out from just their pressure and hugging your head and arm from mount. But uh, yeah, learning to make space and just finding little spots. And sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable, but you just got to just be patient. Be patient and fucking tap if it gets bad. That's it. Um, Yeah, which dislocated my elbow away from my fulcrum. Was way behind instead of the shoulder. Yeah, Logan, I would just tap earlier. Tap earlier. You can go into practice and think about how the energy is weird with him and focus on that. Or you can go into practice and be like, hey. I'm here to get better at jujitsu. I want to get better at jujitsu. I don't want to focus on just weird energy and weird this. When I go with that kid, I know he's going to go hard. That's fine. We can go hard. If he catches me in something, I'm going to tap early. Cannon. Some pretty wild upsets this weekend at in the WNO championships. I'd like to see you recap some of those with your knowledge. Also hear how you are physically and mentally preparing for your comp coming up. 
Uh, there was some really good fucking matches this weekend, dude. Some sweet upsets. I enjoyed watching them. All the matches weren't super exciting, but there was some. There's uh, there was some sweet upsets for sure. Yeah, it's crazy. Mikey lost first round. Everybody thought like he's gonna yeah. make it. Well, he's ranked number one too, and they're finally paying good money. We'll see how long it lasts because I don't know who's paying it. But thirty thousand dollars to the winner of the tournament, fifteen thousand dollars second place, seventy five hundred for third place. And then every sub people got throughout the tournament, it was actually thousand dollars. So it's pretty awesome to see him making some money. Tim Spriggs, heel hook and kind and Duarte. That was crazy out of nowhere. Um, the Tyru Tolo, Michael Galvo, what a fucking sick match. Watching watching those young kids, dude, it's crazy. Those kids that have been training since they were four years old now starting to become adults. Those kids are so fucking slick. Even that one blue belt from uh, AOJ, like just competing with the black belts, like nothing. Yeah, sixteen <laughs> years old. That's wild. Been trained since he was four years old. So at sixteen, you can't even be a black belt yet. Sixteen's right when you can get your blue belt, can according you, to oh, the IBJJF system. Be purple at sixteen? No, I don't. I don't think so. That's wild. Yeah. Jacob Couch, kid from uh, Daisy Fresh, I think he's a brown belt. He came out, yeah, beat William Tackett, big upset, and then beat Herberto Jimenez, who I thought was probably going to win the whole tournament. Beat him first round, which was pretty fucking sweet to see. Good for that kid. Seems like a nice kid. Those guys train hard. They're obviously doing something right, training fucking, training hard. Who are some other ones that stuck out? Josh Cisneros had a sweet arm bar his first match um, against a good kid. Ended up going against Cade Rutolo in the second match. Cade Rutolo did like a scissor takedown and popped his knee a little bit. But he ended up healing up. He was okay. Didn't blow it out. I thought it was blown out. Um, yeah, there were so many matches. It was cool. Yeah, sweet. The WNNO's going on. Um, how, Also, hear how you are physically and mentally preparing for your competitions coming up. Dude, I'm just... You know what I'm doing as I'm... Like I said, I'm going to Brandon's and being there at Brandon's and I'm giving full effort on those workouts. I'm just full, full effort. And then during my competition trainings, I'm staying, I'm trying to stay completely just in the moment on those trainings because I'm training with really good guys, first of all. And if I can just stay in the moment during my training, then it shouldn't be an issue to just go to the tournament and stay in the moment during the tournament and just practice being there and completely focusing on what I'm doing, focusing on my jujitsu, focusing on the time, focusing on the advantages and the points. So that's how I'm doing it. Nothing crazy. And eating good and sleeping good, which is important. You got a good, pretty good sleep schedule, Jay? Yeah, I've been trying to go to sleep a little bit earlier. Usually I'm asleep by like 10, 30, 11 at the latest, but I've been trying to go to sleep at least like 9.30, 10. I feel way better when I go to sleep at that time because I don't track my sleep or anything. I yeah. just kind of go by how I feel in the morning. I feel like when I sleep later, I still wake up kind of like... I think it mean? was in a recent podcast, Paul Check was talking about how 10 is like a prime time to go to bed. But yeah, we're usually in bed by 9.45, sleeping by 10. And I got... What time do you guys eat? Like 7 or what? Well... We've been uh, getting home from the gym. I get home from the gym around 7.30. So Mariah usually has dinner ready. So I eat right when we get home. Do a little stretching and moving after I eat. 
And my my sleep setup's fucking sweet, dude. I got the chili pad. I got the chili pad cranked down to I think it's 55 degrees. I got my uh my air filter thing going on and then I got this new humidifier right by my bed that blows out cold like steam or hot steam. Is the chili pad like so when it gets to like say we're approaching fall winter, do you put it like is it just to get be cold or is it You can for do warm heat too. too. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can do heat too. So that thing's a sweet thing to have in uh in AZ. And doing my cold plunge before really helps like cool my whole body temperature down at least five, 10 degrees before I crawl into bed, which helps a lot. And I have a weighted blanket too. You ever fucked with one of those? No, I remember you telling me about it, but I never um, experienced the one yet. Um, Just gives you tuck or what at night? Yeah, it's like a 15 <laughs> pound blanket. If you're hot, then I probably wouldn't fuck with one. But if you have your, your AC down or your partner has likes it or has it real cold, mm-hmm. Yeah, like that pressure on you, it makes it just feels good. So I sleep really good. Ever try like the sound baths or anything like that when you go to sleep? No, I saw those though. Those look pretty sweet. Mm. You fucked with one? Like the sound bath, um, it's like um, you just put like the music on your phone or something, but it's like supposed to help you relax and sleep better, get into like a deeper hmm. sleep. I've tried it; it works. Does it zonks you out for me? Yeah. Still, dude, that tea thing we've been doing. Oh, yeah. Nighttime tea. Yeah. Tablespoon of fucking apple cider vinegar, a nice nighttime tea, maybe a little bit of honey. And that zonks me for some reason. Trace, got any fight stories you could share? Trace, yeah, quite a few, but too many. You break it down a little bit and we'll we'll tap in. Best ways to develop a killer instinct instinct for fighting. Book recommendations? Yeah, there's books you can read. Unbeatable Mind by Mark Devine. Good book. I, I reviewed that on Patreon. It's a good book, too. Helps you kind of talk about your mindset in certain situations and what it should be like. And uh, it's easy to have the killer instinct. It's easy to have a killer instinct. What you got to practice is having that killer instinct when things aren't going your way. Or when you're fucking exhausted and you're like, holy fuck, I'm tired. And having that killer instinct when you're when you're exhausted. That's the practice. And you can practice that in practice. During live grappling, during sparring. Um, getting very tired and still having that killer instinct. Not getting very tired and looking for ways out. You know, so I think that's how you develop it. Constantly be uncomfortable and learn to be calm there. Um, curious what drew you into the beautiful sport of MMA. Yeah, I don't fucking know. Probably just being insecure and wanting to be cool for chicks. <laughs> Probably why fucking most guys do it, honestly. But I don't know. I just thought it was cool that my dad liked it when I was 14, watch, him watching those those VHSs. He had to hide the VHSs from my mom. But then when they got divorced, he started bringing them out and watching them a little bit. And I'd watch them too. I was like, fuck, it's pretty fucking sweet. Um, so that kind of got me into it. The whole, um, Chuck and Tito, Chuck and Tito saga. And even before that, and a lot of the pride fighting too, some of the pride fighting. And then they had this, um, promotion called dream. I remember when I was young, I'd watch. That was a really cool promotion in Japan. Raider Nutley tips for making, saving money as 18 year old 
full-time fighter. How you and Chuggy got sponsorships as amateur fighters. Yeah, we did luck out. I had a wrestling coach. His name was Nate Hoyness. He had a, um, a lawyer law firm. And uh, he sponsored me for a while. He gave me like 350 bucks a month. So it helped pay my rent when I was in Portland training. And then the Sting Sports Bar in Great Falls, Montana. They always support like the fighters. So he'd give me checks here and there. Um, a couple other companies that were local in my hometown that I was, we were, Sean and I both were super lucky for that. It wasn't a lot, but it was enough to get by. Um, maybe go into a local, a local, local place and, and tell them that they possibly could sponsor you or maybe not. But I always think get a side job, get a little side job, two time, two days a week, three days a week, give you a little extra cheddar be able to focus on your training and get by might be easier to get sponsors now we have like ig and twitter and all kinds yeah. of social media shit yeah yeah for sure also i want to say how grateful i am for the content you make you have created such a cool healthy environment and i'm so happy that i'm able to learn from you fuck yeah brother that's what it's all about right there and it's not even coming from me it's coming <laughs> I'm not that smart. I'm really not. But I do learn from fucking pretty smart people and just talk it back to you guys. And it kind of helps me be like, holds me accountable to keep, keep doing it, keep learning, keep improving, having the Patreon and having the podcast and stuff. Um, Angus Gordon. Balance between cardio and weight training for up and coming fighters. It's hard to say, Angus. Are you a, uh, up-and-coming fighter that was a four-time state champ wrestler. Then we'll probably focus on a lot of striking. Still some jiu-jitsu. Not probably a ton of lifting. It's so it's just so different for everyone, Angus Gordon. There's not, depending where your skill set is at. But if you're brand new, then I would just focus on your skills. Focus on building your skills and understanding, getting a little bit better understanding of MMA at a high level too. And a little bit of understanding of jujitsu and the difference between gi jujitsu and even sport jujitsu compared to a fight, and the difference between wrestling and then fighting and wrestling. Just understanding the sport a little bit, I think, is the most important part. And just being in the room, learning is more important than lifting the weights, depending on where you're at. Would you recommend learning how to fight both stances? God, but see, before I, I wasn't. Like, ask me this five, six years ago. I'd be like, nah, too traditional. I've trained with too many, like, boxers, boxing coaches that were just always like, stay in your good stance. Stay in your good stance. Set up some good KOs. But nowadays, dude, it really is a advantage to be able to fight good from both stances and have good attacks offensively and have good counters from both stances and have good defense from both stances. Big advantage there. Big advantage there for sure. Lately in the BJJ gym, BJJ gym, I have been in a period where I, I'm the nail and not the hammer. Any tips how to get out of a slump? What do you say about that, Jay? You're in the gym. You're coming to the gym every day and you're just getting your fucking ass beat every day. I just keep... I mean, I always have those days here and there where um, even with like the other... Guys that I feel like, oh, I know that I'm better than 
like they'll catch me, you know what I mean? Or they'll out grapple me like one day and I'll be like, but it kind of depends. Like I'll just come the next day with like a new, uh, new perspective or a new mind. Like yeah. that was yesterday. Like, let's, let's just keep going. Just keep showing up and keep listening to your coach and keep drilling and don't let that like, oh fuck, he caught me yesterday. Like I suck now. You know what I mean? It's more like, oh, you caught me. Like that's yeah. the point we're all improving, you know? And no one's keeping track. Yeah. Maybe you are. Maybe you go home every day and post it on Facebook. Hey, I caught fucking Jim Bob today at practice. <laughs> but, dude, that means if you're the hammer in your gym and you're just getting hammered all the time, you're at, at the right place. You got to keep going and just getting hammered and hammered and hammered. And maybe it's like not like, okay, you're going with these guys that are so much better than you. Just see, okay, maybe he taps you five times a round usually. See if you can get it to three. Like, fuck, he only tapped me three times that round. Or see if you can get it to two. Damn, he only tapped me two times that round. Three, four months down the road, you're like, he's not tapping me at all. You know what I mean? So you just mm-hmm. keep going. I went to that. I went, like I said, I went through that phase where I was training with the Brazilians and I haven't really trained with real Brazilians before. And I just getting mopped up, mopped up, mopped up, mopped up. But slowly, like I said, I started catching them. But for years, I was going in there and just getting fucked up, not even tapping anyone. Sometimes taking them down and shit, but it really, really improved my jujitsu overall. So that's a good that's a good spot to be in LL Puff Puff Daddy. But the one bad thing about that is if you quit and you stop going because you're the hammer all the time, then that's the bad bad thing. Uh, Connor G Timbo go to pickup lines on Tinder. <laughs> a night out. Uh, on Tinder. Okay. Fuck. I just don't have any. <laughs> That's the thing. I don't have any go-to pickup lines. It's like the, the small talk. You don't like small talk either. I, well, I don't mind it, but I, you wonder what you got to do. Like clearly on my, on, on my Tinder, there's pictures of Mariah and I. Mm-hmm. So the girls usually know I have a girlfriend and then usually I make it clear, pretty clear. It, when, if they ask, what am I looking for? I'm like, just friends and whatever happens from there i'm not really looking for like relationship a relationship and building a relationship i just don't feel like i have time or i don't really want to put energy into a whole nother relationship but usually i kind of ask maybe where they're located like what part of phoenix because if they're like 50 miles away then the chances of us ever hanging out are probably really slim but dude i don't have any luck on there rarely i'll have luck on there so, I'm not giving any go-tos. <laughs> Ian, have you have you ever done ayahuasca? Would you try it? I was reading Tools of Titans, page 111, and it really changed my perspective on it. Before, I thought it was like an extreme acid. But now, it seems like it's an entirely different beast. Also, have you tried sensory deprivation floating? Yeah. I would love to try the ayahuasca one day. It'd be scary. It'd be fucking scary. Oh, yeah. I'd be like, oh, shit. Because it's like, ayahuasca lasts how long? Do you rem- forget? It's like, I don't know. It's remember. not DMT. I know DMT is like less than 10 minutes or something. Mm-hmm. Ayahuasca is like a whole day or what? I don't think so. I'm not 100% oh, sure about it. But yeah, ayahuasca makes you go deep, pulls up shit that you didn't even know was probably affecting you. You know how to spell ayahuasca. I, yeah. I, I'd be nervous, but I definitely, definitely want to do it one day. 
How long? Over here. I didn't watch this. There was an H in there somehow. Be fun to go go as a little group and go go do it. The this hallucinogenic drug helps people to recover from severe mental ailments like depression, anxiety, post traumatic stress disorder, addiction. The hallucinogen functions by jumpstarting three parts of the brain: your brain's neocortex area, your brain's amygdala area, <laughs> and your brain's insula area. How long does ayahuasca last? When it comes to ayahuasca duration, it can vary from person to person. This usually depends on several things, including your height, your weight, your health status, your experience taking ayahuasca, your combination of medications, your ayahuasca dosage, your tolerance to ayahuasca. So, yeah, it looks like it's different for everyone. Have you ever tried sensory deprivation floating? Yeah, have, yeah. In Tempe, there's one this guy lets us go to. We've been to it a couple times. It's pretty intense, dude. The first time I went in there, I had a little bit of mushrooms and I went in there and that, <laughs> that one, that one was pretty fucking sweet, dude. Cause you literally, you don't feel gravity anymore and it's in this pitch black room and you're just floating in this water with, I think like thousand pounds of Epsom salt. So you, and you're not hitting the walls or anything. You're just literally floating there. So all that is there to entertain you is literally what's in your brain. Was it like 30 minutes or how long was it? Hour and a half. Oh, shit. You were in there for an hour and a half? Yep. yep. <laughs> Holy. The first one I ever did was three hours, but it was miserable. Three? It, I was in Portland and I'd sit up. Like my, my back was like kinked in there. I didn't know you could put like kind of a pillow under your head. And it was just, I was just flopping around, fucking probably jacked off. <laughs> three hours long. That's a long ass movie. It was too long. But dude, I'd like to do a three hours one now. There's ones... At the Tempe one, you can stay overnight. What the hell? Like, sp- like sleep and water? Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's pretty trippy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's intense. I think you might like it. An hour and a half sitting in there being like, okay, I'm going to sit in here an hour and a half, no stimulation. <laughs> yeah, it's Just fucking crazy. In your head. That's cool, though. It's fucking crazy. I always crazy. wanted to do it. I'm like, damn, sitting in there, I'm like, what is? what if this is what happens when you die? Your just matrix. consciousness consciousness is sitting there and you're just there's nothing. <laughs> be, and you gotta live with everything you've done. Be crazy, dude. It would be fucking crazy. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I recommend sensory deprivation floating. The guy said he's gonna open one on our side of town, so we'll be able to go more. Um can you give me breathing exercises that Sean does before a fight in the locker room or during fight week to calm his mind down for war? Usually when we're in the locker room, we get in there um, probably about 45 minutes to an hour before his fight. Chill out. We time the warm-up. Take probably about 30 minutes for the warm-up, solid 30 minutes. So I usually have his hands wrapped before that. And then him and Brandon usually lay in the corner, and Brandon talks him through a little bit of breathing to just kind of get his body ramped up and get it ready to warm up and get it ready to perform. Yeah, XPT so. app's good too. Yeah, XPT app is good, dude. Also, another question: How do you develop Sean's footwork and head movement? That kind of, what kind of drills did you have Sean do? A lot of pad work, drills, slipping and pulling, and just basic movement. I've been I've been with him for so many years now. I know a lot of his shots and a lot of what shots he has confidence in, and kind of the way 
the way he moves. There's not a lot of pattern to the way he moves. It's a lot. It's really random, which really fucks guys up, especially other coaches that try to do um, film study on him. He's bouncing southpaw one through, bouncing orthodox one two, bouncing orthodox right. Like it's so just all over the place. So with him, we I try to mimic just his movement when we're doing pads, and I just do a lot of basic combos, basic quality combos, and then let him go off and make it make it his own. You know, he's just he's so good at just just fighting and not even thinking about what he's doing, just letting his body do it. So just making sure we just do a lot of, a lot of basics and making sure after his punches, no matter where we're at, just making sure his balance is good after the punches. A lot of people with styles like that, they throw a punch and then they're all off balance. They either can get taken down, they can get countered. But when he's doing all that, making sure he's in good balance to, if he does miss, that's okay. We can keep moving. If he does miss, that's okay. He's in good position to defend a takedown. It's making he's in, making sure he's in good position after the combos. Yeah, but I think watching him for years and training with him for years, I think that's helped a lot with the way I train him and the way we do pads and the the, the striking practices. Hey, I just started BJJ and people keep controlling me by the gi, blocking me from shooting. And just strangling me. How do you defend against gi chokes? And how do you regain wrists and collars to shoot? That's a tough one you got to deal with. If someone grabs a collar in the gi with either hand, it's going to be hard to shoot because then they can just stiff arm you and control the distance as much as you want. One thing I got decent at is when people reach out to grab my collar, popping it up, and that's a time to shoot under, shoot under them when they're reaching to grab your collar. Um, and there's a lot of drills to break in the collar, breaking the collar grips, breaking the sleeve grips, but just staying on the mat dreamer, not, not getting frustrated by it. a lot of, like I said, a lot of wrestlers, good wrestlers that have this ego and they're used to being the man in the room. They get, they get in the gi and they get choked out a couple times by the gi, like fuck this and choked by the gi and they just get pissed and then just quit compared to you're like, damn, this is pretty interesting. And learn how not to get caught in those gi chokes. And then it makes it way more simpler not to get caught without the gi. Big ship. Do you get nervous when Sean fights or are you strictly in war mode? I figure it's hard not to be a little nervous with a good friend out there. <sighs> yeah, I don't I don't get too nervous when he fights. Because whatever happens is going to happen. And usually I see the discipline he has when it comes to Brandon's and the discipline when he has, when it comes to training and watch how his sparring goes. So I go out there and I'm pretty, usually pretty emotionless. Don't have many emotions. I just try to watch, see what's going on, see what ways I can help out best. Yeah. For him, I don't get that nervous because I see the work he's put in. And I, and I know whoever's out there going against him, is probably a lot more lost than he is because it's hard to mimic that fucker's style. And he's super athletic and springy from both stances and he's way stronger than people think. So, yeah, not too bad. Breast stretches for lower back pain and best exercises for strengthening your lower back. Fuck, Jared, that's got to be one for... That's different for everyone too, brother. Who knows where your back's hurt? 
be maybe good to pop into a physical therapist and have them take a look at you, give you some good advice. What's your all-time favorite book so far? What's yours, Jack? Jax? Favorite book? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have to say it's the. Uh, I feel like the one that kind of just changed my whole perspective is this book called "Conversations with God" by Neil Donald. Neil Donald something. Damn, really? But it's really good. It's it's not religious at all. <clears throat> it kind of there's like three parts to it, three main parts at least. It talks about literally everything, just like religion, sex, love. Um, Damn, you gotta just you like gotta let purpose. me check that out. It's like really good. Like it when I read good. it, it like led me to kind of where I'm at now. I feel and for agreements, I feel like it's it's money just for like if you don't if like you're barely even getting into reading. I feel like it's such an easy read, but what it says is so like powerful. Mm-hmm. That it's like, oh, and it's a, such easy read, you know, it's like super yeah. skinny and like you could get through it probably in a day if you really wanted to. But oh, it'd yeah. probably be those two. I know it said one, but. Yeah, favorite books. That's so hard, dude. Just I've gotten such good things out of different books. But. And that's another thing, depending where you're at in life. Mm-hmm. But I really like that Naval, the Almanac of Naval. It's a simple, easy read. The first first couple chapters are a little bit about business, so you might not like those. But I like what he says. If grab a book and open the table of contents, bounce around there, find that one that where you're feeling like reading at that point. And if you read a couple chapters, you're like, eh, quit the book. Don't even read. Don't waste your time reading a whole book cover to cover, and it just bore the fuck out of you. You're not gonna like reading. You probably won't stay consistent with reading doing that. Chase. I have a sexy Brazilian coach at my mom gym or I have a sexy Brazilian coach at my gym who's told me a couple occasions she's attracted to me and that to fix some of my newly named TMS. She also said that she's looking for a man to start a life with, but I get the vibe that I could possibly smash. Do I go for it? Dude, if she's looking for some D and you're looking for some V, see how it goes, dude. See how it goes, Chase. Why not? Yeah. Nick, any tips for flow, flowing training with my... Any tips for flowing training with my work schedule? I really want to take a step up in my training and start to focus on potential amateur career. But my work is taking up a lot of my time. Dude, I think a lot of people deal with that. Going to work, you go to work all fucking day and it's easy to get home and just smoke a little weed and just want to chill out. But yeah, depending on your responsibilities, um, you just got to do it. You just got to do it. Find a different job. Find a different job that works around training and live under your means. But yeah, I think a lot of people deal with that, Nick. You just got to enjoy it too. You just got to enjoy training. Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. I think there's a handful more questions, but you could be talking to your boys' ear off all night. We're at 55. Perfect. All right, episode 11. Hell yeah, still enjoying doing it. And sponsored by patreon.com slash redhawkacademy. We're putting, I'm putting content up there all the time. Techniques, 
some cooking vids, some book reviews, and just staying. Um, I'm I'm on there a lot, communicating with people on the messages. That's the place to do it. And I'm making all the tiers the same. There's a three dollar tier, a five dollar tier, and a ten dollar tier. If you're if you want to support it and do the ten dollar tier, awesome. But if you're broke and you're like, fuck, I just want to be able to talk or, or get some more information, just do the three dollar tier tier for some of the young bucks with not a lot of cheddar. Um, and then JX's page, product coming out with some stylish clothes most of the clothes i wear is either jx's shit the product stuff sugar stuff or my stuff anymore so uh yeah check it out when it comes out um almost at 10 10 000 subscribers like okay we're getting 10 to 15 000 views and listens on this pod i could compare it to a big pod and be like fuck that's nothing but i'm like dude if you're talking into a talking to a or you're in a room with 10,000 or 15,000 people Boy. it's quite a bit so if we keep spreading the good word then it'll still pay off a little bit but yeah like and subscribe if you enjoyed the pod if not no biggie